The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this is the third talk on the Insight Pentad, which is um, the five qualities of practice, five aspects of how we change and grow that uh, has a flow to it. There's a kind of evolution, there's a kind of a natural growth from one to the other. Of course, it doesn't always work in this linear way, but uh, another way of understanding this is that there's five qualities that work together. They support each other and guide each other and feed into each other. And sometimes maybe it goes in reverse order. But uh, the classic way is this order which I'm presenting them to you. So it begins with having insight, uh, described as seeing things as they are. And then from that comes uh, disenchantment, breaking the spell of our desires and our projections onto things that um, are not so helpful. And then uh, today we'll talk about something called fading away sometimes uh, translated as dispassion. And I'll talk about the two choices. And then there's liberation. And then there's this interesting, we'll talk on Friday, the knowledge of liberation. And, um, but today the topic is uh, viraga, fading away. And, um, and this is, uh, as we uh, see things as they are, as we really, well, back up a little bit further, uh, this insight uh, pentad builds on the gladness pentad. And one of the great treasures, maybe the phenomenal forms of wealth that we can have, is uh, inner well-being. Some sense of inner contentment, happiness, gladness, joy. Some kind of feeling of well-being within. It's not easy to come to, necessarily, but I think it's fair to say that most people uh, live a life without availing themselves of what is available. That uh, if we slow down or take the time to really uh, allow the inner life to settle and open, chances are there's more well-being there than most people allow for. But it's a treasure we want to uh, stay close to and, and, and build and know how to support and and protect. Because what this does when we sit down to meditate with this inner sense of well-being, then we have a reference point for what takes us away from that and what keeps us close to it. And so when we then are settled enough then to begin seeing things as they are, um, we can see that the ways that we are caught in them, enchanted in them, preoccupied with them, is takes us away from that well-being, diminishes it. And, um, and so, of course, it doesn't feel good to do it. And that seeing that distinction, that this one feels like it's, I feel more contracted, I feel more tight, I feel more uh, caught up in my, my uh, 
despair, depression, upset, resentments, whatever, that doesn't really feel good. It takes, it's, a, it's a diminishment of some modicum of well-being that's just being here can feel like. Then it begins to uh, be easier to question the value of the projections, the interpretations, the ideas, the desires that keeps us hooked and fixated and caught up in something. And so there starts to be a process of disenchantment. These things are changing, constantly moving, constantly impermanent, arising and passing. These things are, uh, you know, there's suffering that I'm caught in. There's, uh, it's causing, causing more pain to be caught up in things. And there's something about being these things that I'm caught in that are not useful to define myself by, to measure myself by. And so a process of disenchantment, as I talked about yesterday, as we get disenchanted in the projections we have, then the, the strength of the projection, the strength of the desires, the wanting and not wanting that's behind those projections, that enchantment, um, is, uh, begins to diminish. And it begins to fade away. And this fading away is supported by uh, non-reactive awareness. As we become non-reactively aware of what's happening here and now, that's a, uh, for many people, it's a very different way of being than business as usual. Business as usual as we go about our life is to have a reaction and to be living in the reaction and living in response to the reaction, participating in it a little bit or a lot, or a lot in a way that feeds it and keeps it going, keeps the fire going, but by, by, can keep putting... Uh, logs into the fire, it keeps burning. And so our anger will not persist as long as it does unless we are putting more fuel in it, maybe repeating the story and to ourselves over and over again. And and so the non-reactive awareness is doing something very different. It's uh, ceasing putting logs on the fire. It's leaving things alone. And we can watch the fire, whatever it might be, but a watched fire, which we don't put logs back onto it, uh, you know, in a little log, little um, fireplace fire or something, a campfire, will fade away by its, just die out. And you can, if you have enough time, one evening watching a campfire uh, not being fed, you can watch the whole process kind of until it fades away and, and the flames disappear, the hot coals cool down. And so we can do the same thing within, that as we become, uh, we see things as they are, as we become disenchanted with them, disenchanted with their promise and then how they're going, they're going to bring us happiness, which is a future happiness that's unreliable compared to the inner happiness we know developed through meditation. Then the interest in those fades away. The, the desires and the aversions that go into those projections begin to fade away. And, um, and that fading away is stronger in the non-reactive awareness that doesn't put f- uh, fuel in the fire. And it's fascinating to watch that process of fading away. And some things will fade away quite quickly under the gaze of non-reactive awareness. Some thinking, you know, people sometimes struggle with thoughts and let go of the thoughts, come back to the breath, let go of their thoughts, come back. They keep getting caught up until 
they um, are told, just let yourself think, but bring careful gaze, look carefully on the fact that you're thinking, really see it. And some people are so surprised by this new exercise because their thinking stops. Some, something under the gaze of attention, thinking doesn't have the fuel that it needs, which is often done uh, uh, kind of uh, out of sight. Um, but to, re- to have the main fuel be seeing, which is no fuel at all for some of these fires, things fade away. Sometimes this fading away is very slow, um, maybe days, weeks, months, maybe years for some things that are quite powerful habits within. And some things can fade remarkably fast. And the, the, the speed by which things uh, uh, fade has a lot to do with how much concentration we have together with the uh, non-reactive awareness. It's almost as if the more, more concentrated we are to some degree, um, the more open space we have for things to kind of unwind and, and uh, dissipate under that gaze of non-reactive awareness. And so part of this process of insight, insight practice, is to allow, recognize and allow for the disenchantment, the, um, the no longer enchant with the things we used to kind of want and think was all about what we had to fix or get, and to allow for this fading away. This fading away is very important, whether it's fading away or the tensions in our bodies. And some of the tensions we can relax, but some of them take a long time. It's just a, it's remarkable what a deep body work can happen by regular meditation and sitting in a good posture and things begin to relax and relax in a deeper and deeper way. And, um, and then uh, things, uh, reactive emotions fade away uh, reactive thinking fades away. And I use the word reactive because some uh, emotional states, moods that we have, are not reactive. And, and, uh, and those don't necessarily fade away the same way. They sometimes actually get uh, bigger and stronger because there's more room for them to flow into. They don't come from reactivity. They don't, they're not states that are being f- uh, fed by the fuels, by the, by the logs and the fire. Um, it's more like um, rather than the light of the fires lights up the darkness, uh, there's some emo- uh, emotional states like loving kindness and that is more like um, the dawn where the sun rises and it fills everything and, um, and it'll be there for the day. It's not going to fade away quickly. So, um, so disenchantment what are, so what are you disenchanted with? What projections, what investment of belief and value do you, have you put in things uh, consciously or unconsciously? A lot of this is, uh, you know, happens subconsciously um, that we think somehow it's so important. What do, what do you invest yourself in that doesn't really serve you? That takes you away from this place of well-being. Trust the inner well-being. And then allow for the fading away. And so the homework, if you'd like, for this next day is um, to spend some time, some high-quality minutes during the day, through the day, maybe having tea, maybe looking out the window, maybe going for a very nice 
stroll, maybe meditating a second time or a third time today. And, um, and see if you can, uh, in the, by giving room and space, a little bit, to, you know, some minutes of a Sabbath, some minutes of sacred pauses, and see if you do that, what fades away. If you give time that allows for fading away, what fades away from you if you're relaxed and taking a break uh, from the usual being caught upness and engagement? Take breaks through the day and observe what's happening in you to see if you can see what fades away. And how, is that good? What's the goodness? What's the value? What's the benefit you get, you get from this uh, fading away? So thank you for going along here on this insight journey. And uh, we'll continue tomorrow. Thank you.